Content warning, Happy Sugar Life and subsequently our discussion of it contains depictions of grooming, sexual assault, pedophilia, and murder. Listener discretion is advised. Sato is a high school girl with a past working in a maid cafe. Shio is an adorable little girl abandoned by her mother. These two find each other and vow to protect one another and vow to love one another, maybe in ways more than familial. And Sato is going to protect those vows by any means necessary. Is Happy Sugar Life the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime? Or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. I'm Skylar. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. to me is like how much of an industry the fake second season or third or fourth season websites have become like there's like 80 million websites that if you search for your favorite anime there is some website that or multiple that have a like wow season three news updates release dates and it's always a fucking lie because towards the end of that like article it's always like but also there are is no news there might not even be season three or season two looking at you host club yes it's like this whole article was written on a dream that i had with hopes for a new season (laughs) (laughs) i'm hoping there's enough articles for it it'll we're just manifesting at this point please oh gosh they're doing it for clicks and engagement and it makes me want to (laughs) fight honestly i get it right because it's so easy and ultimately all they want is that engagement they don't care about the like validity of the engagement but it's so frustrating because i don't know you're like taking advantage of like a fragile ecosystem here all i know is that i've been getting tricked about Orin Ho's Club season two since I was fucking 14. Yeah, every few years something comes out and I'm like, oh, please, I need to see it. I need it in my life. We need more on of our Oran morons. One time, <laughs> the time I actually thought, I was like, maybe it's actually happening. It was like, I think, a year during the pandemic. <laughs> uh, the first year, the quarantine year of the pandemic. We're still here, baby. Um, was Hot Topics getting all this like merch for Host Club. I think they're gearing up something like for a reboot or blah, blah, blah. Because they did that with like Sailor Moon Crystal in Hunter Hunter. So uh, I was like, yes, it's finally happening. And then it fucking did not. Once again, I fell for it. Take a shot every time you fall for it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And you know what? Honestly, I think we would all be very happy if we were to get those second, third, fourth, fifth seasons of the shows that we love. We all have a happy life. And speaking of a happy life, why don't we jump into this? Hello and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, the show where two lifelong weebs, PJ and Skyler, usually guide their non-weeb friend through a new anime every week. But this week, we are joined by two sinister presences, visitors from podcasts beyond to determine if this anime is a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. This week, we are watching Happy Sugar Life as we continue through Horror Month 3, The Invited Guests. This week's invited guests come to us as a pair. Our first guest is a singer, songwriter, dueling pianist, and one half of the Shoujo Sunday podcast. Please welcome Gianna! 
Hi, I'm Gianna Luna. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> and joining Gianna, our next guest, who you may know from their work with For All Nerds, whether as their social media manager or their House of the Dragon talkback show, the Castle Black podcast, or grace them even more as the other half of Shoujo Sunday, Chica Supreme. Hello, everybody. I kill people, but not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Just in my head. <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully we don't have like a police fan base. So, <laughs> uh, Super duper, hopefully, uh, ACAB all around on the Quiet Disappointment podcast. Yes. True. 100%. <laughs> all right. So thank you both so much for being here. We're so excited to have you on. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Our new podcast friend. We've been manifesting this for so long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are yeah. huge fans of your podcast and we're so glad we got to be there for like the birth of it. And like you guys are just so good oh, at everything. I love it. Thank you so much. I stumbled on you guys because on our launch week, I was like, I want to hear people talk about what we're talking about because I'm so excited about it all. And I just I saw the title of your podcast and I was like, oh, this is absolutely up my alley. And then even just like two minutes in, I'm like, oh, these are great. I want to be friends with them. And, and look at us now. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Yeah, it's like we found our people, to be honest. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's listen to like their Maid-sama episodes. And then uh, suddenly we're like deep in your catalog. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maid-sama is already so deep in our catalog. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm glad we are all big fans of each other. We are all podcast friends. I am uh, very much enjoying our podcast friendship and support system. And ultimately, I'm very excited again to have you guys on and be your first podcast that you guest on, which is very exciting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and let's let's get started on that guest spot because this week again like I said we are going to be watching the anime Happy Sugar Life and uh, as we tend to do I have asked you to based on that name it's a little complicated right we're in horror month but this anime is called Happy Sugar Life Ooh, uh, and I'm sure trickery. each of you might have your own interpretation of what that uh, what that could be so why don't we go ahead did you guys and it's up to, I, I don't know if you guys collabed or if you each came up with your own uh, prediction we did not collab so i'm very curious what chica's initial thoughts are i'm curious to what you have to say actually <laughs> <laughs> i'm super excited to get like dueling uh predictions here <laughs> so uh why don't we kick it off with uh chica what chica why don't you tell us based on that name what did you think this was going to be about okay so I thought that Happy Sugar Life is going to be about two girls that learn that the world needs sugar to be able to survive. And when people don't have that sugar, they become like super addicts that attack other people so that they can get their like sugar addiction fix. And so it's up to the queens or I guess whoever to transform into magical sugar spreaders to make the world a happy place. So is the sugar like real sugar or is it a metaphor? I feel like it's like low-key both because I don't know. I don't really, I, I just, I, it felt like both. Like, oh, I'm going to spread the sugar around, whether it's like stevia or like, um, <laughs> <laughs> what are the other brands of sugar? Uh, <laughs> sweet and root sugar. Yeah, sweet and low. Like, you know, they're just going to just fly across the world and just like throw sugar everywhere. And then people will be happy again. You could do like rock candy. So like aesthetically, it's gorgeous because that's all just sugar. Yeah. Yes. 
or pixie sticks. I absolutely love the concept sure. of of these like sugar spread. Like essentially, like there's like the 28 days later rage virus spreading because there's not enough sugar, and there's just these like the saccharin sirens here to uh, <laughs> you know uh, give out all the sweets in the world. <laughs> I mean, I am an absolute sugar fiend within our household, so PJ can like definitely attest that like he has to be, I guess, one of the what did you say the saccharin sirens. Saccharin sirens. The diet sugar sirens. <laughs> no, it's it's again, it's I love I love the direction you went with this. I'm curious on the flip side, Gianna, where did you go with it? Oh boy, definitely a different place. <laughs> so <laughs> Based on the name alone, just knowing that it's called Happy Sugar Life and it's within the horror genre, my immediate thought was that it would kind of give something like the visual novel game Doki Doki Literature Club, where it starts off as seemingly harmless, but takes a sharp left turn to reveal something sinister. So with that in mind, I was thinking maybe we'll have like a cute main character girl, probably with like twin tails and doe eyes and like a little school uniform, but she's not as innocent as she seems. What I'm thinking is... She works part-time at a sweets shop, but that sweets shop is actually a front for an organization that lures victims in through the front, like through the shop and all the baked goods and the candy, and then abducts them and forces them to compete. Yeah. (laughs) It forces them to compete in basically, for lack of a better way to put this, demonic squid games for the sick enjoyment of who I've dubbed (laughs) the boss, who is some otherworldly demon with an appetite for human flesh. I love the phrase demonic squid game uh, <laughs> so much. And I like that it's not fully like trafficking. It is it is like kidnapping to enter them into like some like tournament battle royale style. Yeah. Yeah. I like that we did that. We went, I went one way of like magical girl sugar addiction. And then <laughs> you said, oh, it's the sugar dark tournament. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Sugar squid games oh my gosh i absolutely adore both of those predictions um, and they're so different which is uh which is what i love about just I, it's the first time we've ever had like competing predictions and just to see two people go such insanely different directions but with very with the more limited scope of once you saw the poster uh i'm curious to see what what might have changed in your perception from there since Gianna gave us our last prediction Gianna, the did the poster change it were you like these are the girls that run the fight club okay so (laughs) when i saw the poster i honestly felt like the girl with the pink hair on the left fit what i had in mind for my original description of like our main character girl 100 percent and she has red eyes, so she could be part of this demon family. Like, maybe the boss is her dad. Oh, it's kind of like Twilight New Moon, where, like, the sexy secretary leads people into the vampires to eat everyone. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, maybe, like, she's the type of girl who, like, knows how to get things done, but doesn't let on about how strong and smart she is so that she doesn't come across as a threat to both the organization and the public. So for her safety, she just plays her role. Mm. Okay. And then what about her 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 little friend here? Okay, I was thrown off definitely seeing the poster, seeing this little girl. So, I just feel like just based on looking at her, she just looks like your typical 
very shy little girl. And if it's this squid game scenario, maybe that little girl was like coming into the shop straight after school and then the pink haired protagonist girl knew her from her neighborhood or something and had some sort of attachment or like sort of maternal energy to her. And she desperately doesn't want her to be thrown into the ring because she knows this little girl wouldn't be able to survive it. So in trying to save her, maybe they both end up in these games and the pink haired girl has to fight not only for her own life, but also so to save this little girl. So it's like uh, Boy in the Striped Pajamas vibes where it's like, oh no. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, Demon Squid Game Boy in the Striped Pajamas. That's where we are here with Gianna's prediction. Yeah, that's where we've <laughs> arrived. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chica, what about for you with that poster? Did it change anything for you? Were you like, these are my sugar spreaders? Well, this changed everything because first of all, they're on a bid. I was like, why are y'all on a bid for? But the, okay, so what I ended up coming up with was I was just like, okay, so maybe Pinky on the left. She's like a struggling older sister. And she's trying to make sure that Bluesy on the right can have a happy sugar <laughs> life. But Bluesy doesn't know the horrors that Pinky goes through to make sure she has that life. Bluesy's my favorite genre of music. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> also, I like the similarly to how we ended up with Demon Squid Game Boy in the Striped Pajamas, we're now at uh, Sugar Spreaders to essentially Kawaii Pursuit of Happiness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Absolutely love both of those predictions. I am excited to see if any of the four uh, or a combination of any of the four come to fruition uh, as we go ahead and take a break to experience our own happy sugar life as we take a quick break to watch episodes one and two of happy sugar life so we're gonna do that we'll be right back stay tuned all right we're back and we had gianna and chico watch episodes one and two of happy sugar life tell me what did y'all think what the fuck oh my god (laughs) (laughs) what is happening where are we going that is uh definitely probably the most uh, just a straight what the fuck is probably one of the most honest reactions (laughs) for this because it really is one of the like i it, it's crazy it's crazy so much happens that you're like what the fuck uh and it's supposed to be right like this is a psychological horror uh it is a shock and awe show it's crazy i just <laughs> i just <laughs> i can't oh my god y'all like <laughs> i just i never would have thought listen <laughs> Yeah, I never would have thought that like in a million years what we saw like okay I, you know what there's so much to unpack here let's go through some quick housekeeping real quick before we get there so Happy Sugar Life is based on the manga by Tomiyaki Kagisora that ran in Gangan Joker from May 2015 to July 2019 for 10 volume the anime was directed by Keizo Kuzakawa and Nobuyoshi Nagayama and was done by Studio Izola for JNN and ran from July to September of 2018 for 12 episodes. And let's break down episodes one and two super quickly so the people know kind of what they uh, what we're about to break down. Uh, the episode begins with two young girls standing on the roof of a burning building while agreeing to contemplate suicide together. Sato Matsuzaka, who previously had a reputation for playing around with men, has started living with a person she loves, a little girl named Shio Kobe. As Sato takes on a part-time waitressing job at a restaurant called Princess Imperial to raise money for Shio's sake, she turns down a love confession from fellow employee Taiyo Mitsuboshi, who stops coming to work the next day. 
Asato is forced to work overtime for less pay, she confronts the manager and goads her into admitting that she kidnapped and molested Tayo. Upon revealing the confession has been recorded on her cell phone, Sato blackmails the manager into paying her withheld wages, while Sato returns home to Shio, keeping quiet about a room in their apartment containing bloody trash bags. A boy named Asahi puts up posters listing Shio as missing. Upon getting the feeling that someone is watching her, Sato deduces that her school teacher, Daichi Kitamikawa, is the one stalking her, narrowly managing to avoid being assaulted. The next morning, Sato threatens to expose Kitamikawa's deeds to his family, coercing him into disposing of some unwanted evidence for her. Later, Tayo, who has begun harboring an obsession with Shio after seeing her poster, comes across Asahi being beaten up and takes him to Sato's workplace. Hearing Asahi murmur the same marriage vow that Shio does with her every night, Sato contemplates killing him, and that's episodes one and two of Happy Sugar Life. Okay, so all uh, all around advice, like just life advice, two things. Don't withhold wages from people. Number two, don't molest and kidnap people. I guess that's three, but please don't kidnap and molest people. That's just, that's a bad time for everyone. Oh yeah, that sounds like that's right up there with the golden rule. Maybe don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drink water, don't molest people. Yes. Yeah, don't touch kids. Yes. Ultimately, the, the, the crux and the most like jarring part of the show is the relationship obviously between sato and shia yeah um i was it's very complicated it's because ultimately so much of it can be seen in a very uh sisterly way and my biggest thing with this show is this show is just a series of bad people doing bad things to people who then have very unhealthy trauma responses to them exactly this whole anime is just like a look at the way like trauma manifests in people like uh mitsuboshi like he's so traumatized by like older women that literally his whole like mentality is to be attracted to younger children now to the point that he drools like aggressively yeah oh god so from a viewer standpoint you really want to see a protagonist that you can root for and there's not a single character in this show where you're like i'm on board with you i want to support this and care (laughs) about you and see you reach your goals i was just begging for the relationship between sato and shio to be familial or maternal or sisterly in some way and i like Mm -hmm. I'm desperately trying to convince myself of that, but I don't think it's the case. It's just, I feel like I was just dumbfounded from start to end of both episodes. I mean, it's so hard, right? Because, you know, like, you know that it's supposed to be a romantic relationship, but, like, it stays pretty, like, sisterly, uh, like, for the majority of it. And, like, I don't know if this is true or not. I just think it might be, like, misplaced feelings. Well, you know no, what I mean? right? Because, again, that's the thing with this being a show about people having unhealthy trauma responses. Shio and Sato are two people who have had rough lives and don't really know what love is because they never had familial love. So the second they feel familial love for each other, it comes across as something else to them because that's all they know otherwise. It's mm-hmm. similar to, and this is like a weird jump off oh, point. I knew I was going to bring it up to PJ. <laughs> it's I was... similar to how on the inverse, if two people who are blood related, but don't know it tend to be very drawn to each other and uh, 
historically do tend to have sexual relationships with each other. A lot mm-hmm. of people who do not know they are siblings, switched to birth, or separated, adopted out, have found out through that that they are in very intense, very passionate relationships with who they later find out to be their siblings because they don't know how to miss how to categorize that love feeling. And I think this is like an inverse of that. Your brain is plugging in love because you know you're supposed to love this person because they're like your sister or a parent or a cousin, etc. But your brain is just like, well, I can't force a familial bond with this person. So I'm going to give you all these chemicals that make you feel love for them. It just so happens to be romantic and sexual. And that is so troubling. (laughs) It's just very Oedipus, just just family touching Oedipus vibes Um, what about the Mitsuboshi stuff how like before like I mean even before you get to um, kind of his like very dramatic turn in episode two I mean he has a very traumatic experience in episode one kind of what was your reaction to that I mean my heart broke for him because he was just roped into the manager's complex of needing to be loved and cherished and needing all of the attention. He just happened to be the target of that because of the manager's own issues that she definitely should have started going to therapy for a long time ago. Oh, yeah. All these people need to go to fucking therapy. Oh, yes, yes. In jail. Also, I didn't expect him to be, like, kidnapped. I just thought, like, he got, like, assaulted and just didn't come back to work. Right. So, like, when they opened the closet, when she opened the closet and he was, like, tied up, I was like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah, like, you knew it went to a bad place, but you didn't know how bad out of a place it went to until she opened the, the door. Yeah, and he was just sitting, like, just naked in the closet. And I just, they never really resolved that either because it's just like, okay, so Sato recorded the manager and she probably got that extra money. But then what? Like, I, I think mean, it was I guess... just blackmail in case she wasn't going to be given the money she was owed. But if she was paid the money, then she was not going to upload it. But I doubt she deleted the video. Right. No. Right. So he was released, and that's, you know, why we see him in episode two. But, like, I'm not saying she's a psychopath or has a personality disorder. I'm saying that possibly she is, like, kind of a bit of a sociopath who's <laughs> been given a sparkle of... No, no, we already talked about how it's all, like, bottled up because it's a trauma response. Um, I don't think she would have released him because... She truly doesn't give a fuck about him. She only used him as like a chip to get her wages. She'd even bribe her for more money. She just wanted what she was owed. Right. That's actually a point I didn't even think of. She absolutely could have been like, pay me even more than I'm owed. But she didn't. I wonder why. I wonder why as well. I mean, if you're going to extort somebody, you might as well go like full hog with it. Well, get the whole I bag. I don't think you could... Yeah. I don't think you could call it extortion, really. I mean, but like, I, mean, I guess but it ultimately on is, paper right? it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the thing that's very, again, interesting about this show is Sato is in the right in her mind at all times. And part of that is having a very intense sense of right and wrong, a very morally uh, corrupt sense of right and wrong. But part of it is like, she's not like, oh, I'm here to make trouble for you. She's like, you made trouble for me. I just want that 
got fixed. I'm not I'm not a bad person. I'm not going to make trouble for anyone else. You've just done wrong and I want that corrected. She doesn't want anything more than that because in her mind if she went and did more than that, she would then then become a bad person. Uh because she has convinced herself that everything else she's doing is truly morally just. There's a point where we are watching it and she has to like admit um to Shion like, "Oh, her like um, her crimes right and she like just says all these things and not one of them involves any like violence or anything and I was just like well I mean like why didn't she bring that up and Peter was just like because she doesn't think it's a crime she didn't do anything wrong and I was yeah. just like fuck you're right yeah uh Chica, you, again, obviously your big reaction to this was what the fuck. Yeah. Uh, What was your biggest what the fuck moment throughout these two episodes? I just feel like (laughs) this reminded me so much of like Devilman Crybaby in that it's like a shock value type anime. So you just think, oh, you watch one episode and it can't get any worse, but then it does. And so like... I would say the biggest what the fuck moment for me was the teacher. Um, uh, yeah, sensei, because I'm not even going to try to do his last it name. It was the longest one. It's like <laughs> Kita Mikawa, but you, we could just call it the teacher. Yeah, yeah, the teacher. So I just, the fact that the teacher, it wasn't even that he was stalking her. That was what was that was shocking for me. It was the fact that Sato gave him a bag of the remains of whoever owns the apartment that Sato's in. And he's like burning it, but he also looks like he's aroused at the same time. And at that point, I was really just like, okay, like, I know you said you're a masochist and you're clearly like a pervert or whatever, but like burning body parts like that's what gets you ready like i don't know it was a lot it definitely is a lot (laughs) i think for him it's it's not even that he's doing something bad it's that she did something bad he's he's getting turned on at the idea of how crazy she is yeah yeah and it's like if she can do that and she can give you a bag of like body parts and that doesn't like even freak him out on his like freak him out meter like nothing will like she can literally kill you <laughs> well i mean she she when she confronts him right she's just like you don't actually care about like having multiple women you just care about pleasure but more so you are uh craving the um you know the thrill you get from almost getting caught yeah so doing something like that is very like oh i could get caught at any point um just being around her he sees her as a dangerous person so that's already giving him like that fulfillment in some way yeah definitely it was i mean and she gave it i mean she was stepping on his junk like shit (laughs) (laughs) when she like goes up to his house and the wife is like behind him and she's like unbuttoning her top i was like go off queen oh my gosh same i was like she's really doing it right now oh my god i was just like damn 
She's great. <laughs> I root for her. I feel like, and this is this is so shitty, right? This is like probably something so shitty I'm gonna say because like you should never have to justify anyone's actions. And once you put yourself in that kind of situation, you're the one starting to like uh, be more accepting of violence, right? But I think they do a great job, you know, giving them more sympathetic like backgrounds, and not in the fact of like, oh yeah, she should be killing people, but like giving like a genuine understanding of why these people are the way they are it's it's fucking wild because there are people like this in the real world and i think and i think it like it does a really good job like representing that i mean in a way like just seeing it from like you're following this character so you're seeing it from their perspective so you can almost want to justify <laughs> like a little bit i'm not saying i do i'm just saying like sometimes like i'm thinking of death note in particular we're following light yagami and he's starting to do these horrible things and it's like you don't necessarily justify it but it's like ooh i kind of want to see how he accomplishes this because he's going to do his best to do it and i'm having a feeling it might be the same with sato going forward like all the situations she's getting in and her um unsavory goals and uh intentions but you kind of just want to like see them through because it's interesting and dangerous. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely understand. Speaking of interesting, uh, what was your perspective on the marriage vow ceremony? Okay, I'm confused. I was starting to think in episode two because what was the guy's name looking for her? Asi? Asi, yeah. Asahi? Yeah. He was reciting those vows, like clinging to the lost poster and i'm like is this like a little supernatural somehow is she like is she ho is she uh, yes is she ho putting a spell on them with these vows somehow does she have like some weird hold on people i don't know konnichiwa my fellow weebs we just want to say another huge thank you to gianna and chica for coming on the podcast Shoujo and Sunday have been great friends in the space ever since they started out. We have learned so much from them, grown so much with them, and Gianna and Chica are just always a delight to talk to. Again, make sure you check out Shoujo Sunday. Links can be found in the show notes. If you're craving more Kawhi Disappointment, you can get it by checking out our Patreon. Hours and hours of bonus content are available immediately for just $3 a month, and more is always on the way along with exclusive polls, Q&As, and goodies at our higher tiers. Find us on Patreon by searching for Kawhi Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our Eternal Desu patrons, our $8 tier, the amazing Skullbush and incomparable Alex J. They're not alone as we also have our wonderful Super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magical Girl Charlotte, Rebel in an Isekai, and Jellums. And our Kawaii Desu patrons, our $3 tier, Eliza L. and Alvin A. G. You're all pretty Kawaii Desu in my book. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. A huge thank you to TJ McCollum for reviewing us on iTunes. Don't forget, if there's an anime you'd like us to cover, recommend us an anime by using our recommendation form. You can find it as a pinned tweet on our Twitter or by going to our Beacons page at beacons.ai slash kawaii desupod and clicking on the recommend an episode button. 
We will see you all again next week as we continue through Horror Month 3, The Invited Guests, as we have Peter from What Do You Say Anime on to discuss Paranoia Agent. Now, back to the podcast. Like, she is a fixation for so many characters in this anime. I, like, definitely had that thought at one point, too. She, I, because I could see that, right? Because, again, at this point, by the end of episode th- two, you, you know of at least three characters who are kind of obsessed with her. Yeah. And ultimately, she's just, like, an adorable little girl, sure. But, like, that doesn't inspire obsession in yeah. a majority of people. I would hope not. <laughs> yeah. The wedding vow part, like, I was just like, again, it's such like a familiar thing to me. Like, God, the relationship just, I felt, I was like, the only way I could get through this is if I pretend they're being sisters. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. Cause like, my, like, I have several siblings. I have like, um, I don't know, five sisters and three brothers. And all of them, like, at one point, you have to play the groom and, you know, get married and all that stuff. And, like, because it's just, like, a part of play, right? So even, like, when that was happening, I didn't really feel, like, weirded out. And the way she, like, responds to them, too, is, like, it's animated so beautifully, right? Like, there's all this sparkle, you see all the candy, and it's just... You just, like, you genuinely feel like she does love her. And I'm still trying to convince myself that she's not in love with her. Yeah, I was for sure on the same exact page. I'm like, this is just a play, right? Hopefully, please. (laughs) Sisters, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, body parts in the next room. Like, I... That's yeah. Great. So that's obviously we also have the the murdered body. So like I, that's obviously like your your first hint that something more sinister is happening. Yeah. Uh, with Sato as well, because up until this, like she is kind of normal. Their relationship is like stated as love, but it's very familial. You're like, okay, I don't know what could possibly be going ultimately wrong here, and then you see like the the slight quick flashback of her killing these people and she's in this apartment now yeah Yeah. i just feel like it's it's very it's very hard for me and i mean in general at least these i would say that for both of these episodes because seeing them do the marriage vows and then i was just kind of i was trying to come up with a reason I'm just like, okay, you know what? Sato, clearly she's been abused. She had a rough childhood. Maybe she sees like saving Shio from whatever Shio's going through as her saving her inner child. But like, I wouldn't marry my inner child. And I don't know why it had to technically go that way, because we've seen, at least in these episodes, that Sato is capable of being friends with other girls. Um, So why it became this like marriage facade with Shio, like this extremely young child, and it wasn't like that with other girls her age, I feel like it's that's like questionable and then you just think about like okay the 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 body parts like who are these who are who is the person (laughs) in the room like is that her auntie is that like i don't know is that her mom is it her dad like who who is the dead person (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, it does open a lot of questions. I want to circle back to something you mentioned a little earlier. And I guess I want to ask a controversially related question, which is, how do I, how do I word this? Um, (laughs) Who here believes that Michael Jackson molested these children? He did. Oh, God. Okay. So based on that, uh, I I guess like that's kind of the tangential relation that like I'm put like I kept noticing in my mind was that like, oh, like there is this like intensity to um, that missed childhood and chasing it in children and chasing uh, that innocence mm. and that, you know, like there is that mentality. And honestly, a lot of that meant that relationship that they have reminded me of the things that Michael would say about his relation, his friend with these children that's like the perfect comparison i didn't think about that until you said yeah yeah except i mean sato just doesn't have that type of money but yeah (laughs) she's trying she's hustling out here with two jobs at two different maid cafes yeah and she's she's thriving honestly like she's she's doing what needs to get done so you clearly have the fact that she was seeking that validation that comfort that happiness that love that she never got in the uh, relationships with many 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 different men and that is also a thing that can happen and you know clearly that wasn't the direction she wanted to go and uh, maybe went a much more uh, arguably a much more toxic and unhealthy route out, but ultimately, I agree with something that was said earlier. The right route is therapy. Yeah, right. always yes. <laughs> and jail. And jail. <laughs> Honestly, though, knowing this anime, as soon as she goes to fucking therapy, the therapist her, would be like, like a molester or something. Oh, shit. right, yeah, right, probably. There yeah. is not. There are no good Feels people so in this anime. Close to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. Her, her, like best friend is good. Yeah, You're right. I it's, was gonna yeah. say there. If there is anything to cling to is positivity and a happy sugar life. It's her relationship with Shoko at work, for sure. And, I mean, Asahi's not a bad person either. Oh, so. right. I don't know anything about him yet, but, I mean, he's well, searching. He well, I mean, like he's gonna get hacked to pieces. Right. Uh, yeah, I was, I was gonna say, like, you know, like, when I first see him, I was just like, he literally looks just like her. He's putting up missing posters. He's family. Yeah, so that's what I thought, too. He should be the one with the like unhealthy obsession not unhealthy obsession like he is in the right of trying to like find her right mm-hmm. that's what makes the most sense to me but the wedding vows m- makes it vows. weird yeah well because well, then that makes get, me curious are you and I guess- single kid or children i have Do you two mean only older children? brothers there we go single children <laughs> <laughs> i'm a youngest uh, i'm also the youngest i'm the youngest, youngest. I'm yeah, the youngest, yeah. Okay, because I feel like, again, I had to play house so many times with, like, my siblings, whether it's, like, with, like, Barbies or their cute little kitchen. Like, they always, like, want you to be the husband, and you're just, like, you just, like, go with it. Because I was going to say, because from my perspective... Um, when I finish episode one and two, my my assumption, and again, I who knows where it it goes from there. My assumption based on episode one and two was, oh, what if this is just a game for Shio and it is not a game for Sato? Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, well, yeah, mm. I mean, I don't know. I feel like she went through something like 
based off of the second episode, like something happened where she like sort of passed out and then Sato was back. But maybe it is because it's like, obviously, since she's that young, does she really know what marriage is? Like, she doesn't even know how to cook. <laughs> or plug in the vacuum. You can't be a wife. Yeah. You don't even know how to cook. Or plug in the vacuum yeah, again. And yeah, and that's what wives are yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is going to uh, uh, so quickly turn into an alpha male podcast. <laughs> uh, Andrew Tate. <laughs> oh no no um but so ultimately again we just have a lot i so jumping back to the friendship with shoko it's very interesting because they do have such a normal friendship like there's very little weird about it like they're both very open about their sexual exploits and their past um they joke around with each other a lot and like you know shoko makes like real jokes like oh like i wish like you know i why can't we just ditch the guys and get together but like it's not in a like oh is this gonna turn into like a yandere situation it's just very natural and normal so you know that those relationships and relationships can exist in the show but then again yeah. pretty much every other character you meet has some weird fuck shit going on with them even the one we don't really explore which is the other maid that's like heh 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 I snitched on you don't fucking yeah. say anything she was terrifying I just wanted to fight her but to be pressed over a maid cafe like well, I mean it's a job though like I'm, like I'm- Yes, uh, girl, she was she was doing a lot. I'll 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 say that because it's just like, oh, I snitched on you. Okay, girl, and and what? <laughs> what you gonna do? You still you still basic? Cause I'm doing all this extra stuff, right? And ultimately, oh, as we know from the multitude of made animes, but especially made sama, a lot yeah. of your revenue also comes from tips and how well you service people. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you're on the good side of like a manager or supervisor, you're going to get those like good hours. You're going to get your weekends, yeah. you know. And for some people, and we deal with this in the workplace all the time, like I've worked, you know, at a casino, AAA, you always get bitches like this. For some people, work is their life that's all they fucking have yeah so that's where all their like focus goes into and then they become really predatory and really possessive of their positions and it turns into like a power struggle yeah that manager was like the antichrist oh my gosh oh my gosh she really was fucking crazy like this intense need to be like desired and loved and this happens uh with like i mean it's it's like the the like grown-up chad and stacy situation right like the like high school football quarterback who like is past his prime and then like you have like the head cheerleader who used to be like the object of affection and now like she's aging out of that quote-unquote and like feels like this intense need to preserve Mm -hmm. it it's kind of like uh like narcissistic women men with daughters who find themselves in competition with them so like literally they will always flirt with their daughters boyfriends and stuff because like that's where they get their validation like even though they're older they're like more experienced and blah 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 and they could like you know are a much better like fit for them and it's just it's disgusting and it's awful and we literally see that happen yeah yeah i think she should just make an only fans like <laughs> like sh- Honestly, she's attractive like she would get she revenue she could find herself she could find herself this universe's equivalent of young gravy oh yeah. my god <laughs> 
There has no, to be one. <laughs> I mean, it's always something though. You're just like, why are you going after children? Sato said it best. Why are you fucking with kids? Okay. Right? Yeah, but also she has <laughs> she at home. When the I was words, really, I was like, pot collar kind of black. Yeah, the words came out of her mouth, and I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like this is insanity. <laughs> But again, it goes back to that thing where she ultimately thinks she's right. Also, I think she thinks she's right because she doesn't have a sexual relationship with Shio, too. I, like, low-key think that she is um, asexual. Like, everything going on, like, she doesn't have any kind of, like, sexual desires. Because even when she was fooling around with men, like, she felt zero, nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Whether or not that's actually, like, she's truly asexual or, like, just, you know, trauma-wise sex doesn't do anything for her, I think it's different. Because, like, she's not fucking, like, literally children. Whereas, like, she is. So, again, you're always the hero of your own story, too. I feel like I keep backing myself into weird conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Finding, like, really weird hills to die on. I just... And this might me being like just convincing myself to like try to like find any kind of uh, like form of normalcy. I think there are uh, things to cling on to as a form of normalcy in this anime. Again, we've kind of talked at length about the insanity, the weird characters, the crazy the characters, the trauma, um, and ultimately like what is like a very well put together Yandere series, um, which like is why and ultimately. Um, why I think the Doki Doki Literature Club comparison was very good because it is it is very that. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that's developed and not like oh I'm gonna kill people because I like am in love because I saw someone for the first time. Like I just feel like I've seen that too many times. Yeah, and it's good to have like a good written backstory. Yeah, I definitely see your point there. My my experience with like Yandere stuff is kind of minimal, but at least it's not like oh love it first sight i'm going to kill for this person now so yeah i I do see where you're coming from that there's like a spine to the motivation (laughs) you know there's at least something there yeah yeah i completely agree not justified at all but not justified at all but it's there again i need you guys to know i'm not justifying this at all i know don't worry Um, but yeah, again, ultimately, I think the the thing that you can can cling to in this anime as a sense of normalcy, as um, something somewhat traditional, is that it has very good music production. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. So let's talk about the music of Happy Sugar Life. So Happy Sugar Life's uh, music overall was composed by Koichiro Kameyama, who I think does a very amazing job of setting the tone, whether it's in those darker moments or those, mo- or those more bubbly moments, um, especially like when you have those moments where things are starting to get bitter and dark. And then when she sees um, Shio again, like the world lights up again and they do a really good job of like scoring that. Yeah, yeah. the twinkling and just, oh yeah, it really envelops everything. Thing. Yeah, like when you you know when Sato is happy and when she's healed with her sugar and then you know exactly when things turn bitter for her and she's ready to get violent. So Yes, and violent violent she gets. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. <laughs> But obviously, in addition to uh, the composition of this anime, we obviously have our OP and our ED. So let's talk about those. Our OP is One Room Sugar Life by Akari Nanawa. (laughs) 
I really, really liked the intro. I particularly really liked the way the drums just ripped through the entire track. I felt like it was kind of the background star of the song was just how really cool the drums were. You know, I think you get used to it because in the very first episode, like, they have this suicide pact and then all of a sudden there's this happy-go-lucky music. So it's just kind of like whiplash, like, what? But once you get to know Sato better, I feel like it really actually portrays her insight or the way she wants to see the world. I feel like that's what the world would sound like for her, like when she's with Shio. God, yeah, the visuals of it like changing, you know, you get these like broken glass, like kind of glitched out fragments of seeing like all the colors being inverted, but like immediately going back to the really cutesy, like bubbly thing. And like Mm -hmm. what Gianna had said about like, you do get all those drums through, which makes it like a little bit more intense. Like, cause again, it's like, it's a really cute sugary song, but like, it's so ominous at the same time. And I, I fucking love it. I fuck with it real hard. Yeah. I feel like it's towing a line between pop and emo in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I like anytime we have like kind of like glitch songs, which happens a lot in stories like this. Like I feel like, you know, it's that where it's like it feels like one song, but it like glitches into something different. Uh, it's usually something a lot darker, more sinister. And this this does such a good job of capturing that, especially towards the end when you get that like weird, like intense, fast whisper singing. Yes. Where it's yes. almost oh, like they're, they're like, they're like hey, this is over. So let me like tell you a secret is almost how it feels. Yeah. It's very intense. And you see the trash bag. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you see the trash bags. And the trash bags are lit like they're like these beautiful presents. It's very intense, (laughs) the visuals of this. But yeah, lots to say about, lots of good about this OP. But let's also talk about our ED. So our ED is Sweet Hurt by Riona. What did y'all think of that one? This one's definitely more up my alley for like everyday listening than the first one. Not that I didn't love the first one, but this is one I would like maybe put on my playlist. It sounds really sweet and romantic. And it actually reminded me a lot of one of the Kimini Taroke, either opening or ending songs. I can't remember which one. Oh, yeah. It had I that vibe that. very strongly for me. Yeah, I really liked the way that it sounded. It just... I vibed with it more as well. Like, I don't know if I would listen to the opening song, but the ending song, I feel like it's more of a vibe. So what I like about this song is, like, how sad it is. It's, like, so cute. So, like, the name of the song is, like, perfect, right? Because it really captures, like, the somber loneliness that, like, Shio, like, ultimately feels, right? And it's just so good. You see, like, all the cute, like, visuals and stuff, but, like, it's just her by herself, just fucking surviving. Yeah. 
out here. Out here in these streets. We out here. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I think it's super good. It's very again, it it captures this very specific feeling. Like it's it's a very good uh song and and like at expressing the story it's trying to tell even obviously not Mm -hmm. knowing the language you feel the feelings you feel that emotion and it's got like a very good rise a very good fall and i just think it's a very uh very good song ultimately it it also feels like very exhausting like at the end of the day everyone's just so tired and they're just so ready to like not be moving forward anymore yeah with it also being like a five minute long song, you kind of feel that way by the end too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So obviously we've talked about what we liked and uh, what we liked about these OP and ED, but let's talk about what might sound like it as we move to our segment, what modern or contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? So for that OP, why did you go with Gianna? Why don't we start with you? Okay. Okay. You might have to hear me out on this. So... <laughs> As far as an artist goes who might do this justice, what came to mind for me was actually Olivia Rodrigo. Huh. Interesting. It, okay. Yeah, just be- plead your case. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I mean, I'm specifically joking. because of it towing the line of pop and emo in a way. I see where you're going with it for sure. I can see the vibe. Yeah, like I could hear her like moody voice doing like the talking bit at like the bridge, which is like one minute, 23 seconds in or the pre-chorus, which is like 35 seconds in or so because that instrumental gets like unsettling. I feel like I could like hear her moody voice over it or something. Yeah, I totally see where you're going with it. I do think this is a hear me out for sure. Oh, yes, absolutely. I recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I see where you're, I see the gears turning. I see the gears turning. Uh, what about for you, Chica? What was your selection for this song? So I thought Melanie Martinez, possibly. <gasps> wow. Okay. I love that. Everyone thinks that we're perfect. Please don't let them look through the curtains. Picture, picture, smile for all right, I think Melanie, Melanie Martinez is a uh, very good choice because she does tow. She is uh, also in that very like hyper poppy emo uh, range for sure. Yes, um, and she can sing in a higher register too. If we're trying to do like a, a vocal match, like a lot of times she does sing with like a more lower register and kind of dourness to it, but she has the ability to go higher. Yeah, and I feel mm-hmm. like she could even she would probably even cosplay this while she was like singing. It. 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I can see it. Uh, Skylar, who'd you end up going with? This was like really hard for me because I think I was too focused on trying to match the vocals because I always have a really difficult time trying to match these higher registers and stuff. But I was also like, this is definitely like a pop punk. So, like, I'm sorry if it's not good, but I went with a song called Novella Ella Ella A by Chumped. Oh, I see it. I think it's like a little too like high rock, a little too high punk. But like, I was like, this is a good enough approximation after spending. No, I think it's very good. I think it captures the high energy along with the somewhat of the vocals for sure. Thank you. <laughs> All right, PJ, what did you go with? I ended up going with, I did go Japanese on this, but I tried to branch out, not go necessarily anything specifically in this. I ended up going with Nippon Manju by Lady Baby. Oh, I see. 
You broke your Spanish streak. I did break my Spanish streak. I went Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> that was like I mean, perfect in my opinion. I don't know. Same. I mean, like, I love it. The voice is there. It's great. Do I feel a little cheated because, like, it's so easy to find a vocal match when you go with that genre? <laughs> yes. I'm a little salty. I still think no, it was but hard think... to find some because I originally was, like, thinking baby metal, but baby metal stays fairly metal. So it was hard oh, to yeah, find something no. that had a cutesy high energy. But ultimately, I, I like Lady Baby was the yeah. people that ended up keeping in mind because they have those fantastic spikes of everything. Yeah. And I'm a, just a big fan of Ladybeard. <laughs> Awesome. Great selections overall for our ED. Very big fan. Uh, what about our outro? So we have our outro, which was Sweet Hurt. Uh, we'll kick it off with Chica this time. Chica, who did you go with for the outro? So this might be a reach, but I chose Julia Michaels. She's saying the song Issues. I don't feel like it would be in the same key as Riona, but I feel like she could probably do the song justice. No, you don't judge me Cause if you did, baby, I did you too Cause I got it I agree completely with the vocal, for sure. Like, she has that same, like, kind of, like, soft rasp, I guess yeah. is the best way mm. of putting it. Yeah. I mm-hmm. totally see why you would go with Julie Michaels. This is a very good vocal match. Yay! I love it. It's a good time. The vibe is there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big fan of this Soft melodicness. Mm -hmm. Gianna, what about you? Who'd you end up going with? Okay, hopefully this one's a little bit better. I went with Sarah Bareilles, specifically her song Gravity. Oh my gosh, I love that song. I thought it was a match for the mood and like the breathiness of the voice. I also like this choice a lot. Oh, thank you. Uh, especially yeah. this song, because I, I like Sarah Bareilles a lot, and I was like, okay, I see Sarah Bareilles. Uh, but this song specifically, I think, does capture a very similar mood. I think it's a little sadder, uh, weirdly, yeah. than, 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 but like in a good way. I think it, it honestly helps, because I think because it's sadder is why Sarah is going into that more tone, that the vocal tone that matches the original a lot more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's a fantastic um voice approximation and the vibes are there i hear what pj's saying uh skylar who'd you end up going with okay so i i'm sorry i feel like i did not spend as much time on this answer but i still really like it anyways i went with an artist named stella donnelly specifically her song beware of the dogs I see the vocal approximation you're going for 100%. Oh, same, yeah. Yeah, I think the mood also fits it, too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've had a bad choice yet. These have all been very solid approximations. I think I'm about to break that streak a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, stop. So, ultimately, I do want to be very clear. I had a song that I immediately was like, oh, my God, it's this. But I refused to pick it because if I pick it, it will be the third time on this podcast that I picked this specific song by a specific artist. Can I guess? What? Is it by Michelle Branch? No, it's Ordinary Day by Vanessa Carlton. Damn it, I was close. I was close. Because I honestly think it is a very good match. So, uh, because I did not want to uh, go with it for a third time, I tried to challenge myself to find something similar but different. So I ended up going with uh, I Want to Be With You by Mandy Moore. Ask for more. 
Yeah, I think when she really leans into her head voice, it's a better match than when she's like just going through the melody. But mm-hmm. I could for sure hear right. that. Yes. As someone who almost went this song, great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was between this and Goodbye to You by Michelle Branch. I do so. love Goodbye to You by Michelle Branch. That's a very good song. Uh, all right. Uh, so, I just think of Buffy. Yeah, same. Uh, very good choices all around uh, to close out our uh, outro. Good choices for our opening. And yet, it's the end of our music segment. So with that, I think it's time that we uh, watch some additional clips, get some additional context, and see what our closing thoughts are for Happy Sugar Life. So we're going to do that. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, we're back and we had Gianna and Chico watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional maybe murders, assaults, uh, yandere moments and everything in between. Just some happy, fun, go-lucky times in so much as Happy Tree Friends was a happy-go-lucky time. You know, Happy Sugar Life is an intense ride from start to finish with a lot of intense questions of morals, uh, right, wrong, crazy not crazy and so much that goes into it uh but ultimately there's one very important question uh and i'll ask each of you individually gianna do you think you would continue watching happy sugar life man i gotta tell you that's a tough question because i have so many questions that i want answered but it's also so deeply disturbing of a show that i think for now it's a no but maybe one day that curiosity will get the better of me and I will power through this 12 episode wild ride. I definitely understand that. Chica, <laughs> same question to you. Would you keep watching Happy Sugar Life? Hell no, man. They <laughs> kill people. I'll, I'll read the wiki. Oh, I was going to say, me... just read the wiki. It's fine. Okay, maybe. <laughs> I'll read the wiki. Oh my god. They, still girl still killing people. She killing people and then her Allegedly. Auntie... No. Allegedly? <laughs> I don't think that's what alleged about Alleged? It. <laughs> in cold blood <laughs> or allegedly it's for the possible spoilers nah I think we know she's a killer honestly yeah she she's a killer she do be good <laughs> oh my gosh like I just I'm, I'm sorry I, but I'm not that strong like <laughs> I was just oh the girl and and then she was she was touching on the other girl that liked her and was like ooh I want to copy your panties (laughs) oh my god she was like I saw Katie Heron wearing army pants and flip flops so I bought army pants and flip flops definitely we got a single white female in this show oh my god yeah when we saw that first happen we were like what the fuck what a turn ultimately no surprise here a double disappointment again I don't feel like anyone who has been listening to this episode is remotely surprised because it's it's an intense show uh you know it definitely makes you interested because you do know it is a horror anime with the name happy sugar life and you're like what what on earth could this possibly be and it answers its question loud and proud oh Uh, yes we have our second question which i feel like i can easily answer but i will still ask it uh and honestly i feel like i'm so confident in the answer that i even invite you two to say it in unison (laughs) uh would you recommend happy sugar life as someone's first anime if they were in horror absolutely not (laughs) 
<laughs> I would completely agree. Uh, this, even if you're into horror, uh, into a lot of that more intense stuff, I think this being anyone's first anime would just be too wild of a ride. Yes, exactly. Something a little bit more tame, for sure, to ease into the horror genre and anime in general. You know how those people be looking at me if I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Happy Sugar Life? That's it. You need to watch it. It's on Prime right now. No, <laughs> they get my ass out of here. <laughs> for the most part, it's a no for me. It's a no. Recently, I have been having weird interactions with people who don't watch anime, who've literally been like, I want to see something really fucked up. And uh, my go-to is always, like, corpse party. So maybe I was just, like... No, I still feel like... (laughs) I still feel like the second... Look... This is a big thing to talk about with anime in general, but I never think, I don't think I re- will pretty much ever recommend anything with any age gap relationship where yeah. the, the age essay. gap leads into a child or yeah. essay stuff. My friend was asking me about Elf and Lead. I was like, babes, you can't do Elf and Lead. Like, you could do the violence, but you can't do any of the essay. And that's completely, completely respectable. And it just is a hard subject. Yeah, this is a note. Yeah. <laughs> A double disappointment, a kawaii disappointment recommendation of do not show this to someone as their first anime. Seems like there's only one thing we have left to talk about then. Yes, because it's time for Is There an AMV for That? AMV, anime music videos, is there an AMV for that? All right, you guys know the rules, and we'll kick it off with Chica this time. Why don't you give me your song and artist for an AMV for Happy Sugar Life? I would choose Flyleaf, I'm So Sick. Ooh, okay. Which maybe that doesn't, because y'all, don't judge me. I know they're supposed to be a Christian band, but I'm so sick. Like, these people are sick, okay? (laughs) And she screams at the whole song, and I feel like it really encompasses, like, Jesus got nothing to do with this. It really encompasses (laughs) (laughs) this anime, because it's just like, everybody, everybody's going down. Like, yeah. God, it sucks. This is a hard anime to get through. <laughs> uh, as much as I think it is, it would be amazing. Unfortunately, there is currently no AMV for Happy Sugar Life Two. I'm so sick by Flyleaf. Yet, yet, I do think that <laughs> uh, should happen, but unfortunately, it does not exist right now. Gianna, uh, what's your selection? Okay, so I was trying to think of like mood and lyrics, and also just the title, Happy Sugar Life, and the sugar concept. So I was thinking maybe Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics. Ooh. Okay. I think that's a very uh, interesting. I think that's a very good choice. I love that song. Side note. It's a great song. It fits, it fits the theme of the month, most definitely. All right. So, unfortunately, Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics does not have an AMV to happy sugar life, but Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson does. So that's oh, two that points sense. in the book for Gianna. Yay. I'm so happy. Yay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Anytime we do get uh, two points, I just like to also throw out what the number one AMV is. I've, if we get to zero points, I'll throw out uh, the top three. But since we still got two points, I'll throw out the number one. Uh, and our number one, I'd say not just like a techno song, because that does happen a lot especially with these like intense ones is crybaby by melanie martinez wow wow chica yay 
So yeah. Melanie Martinez, definitely a representation here. Of course, makes total sense. But uh, we have two points here. Skylar, why don't we see if we can bump that up just a little bit? Because it's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus round. Chica Gianna of Shoujo Sunday. Do you think that Happy Sugar Life might have an AMV to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? Absolutely. There has to be. Yes. All yes. right, so we uh, so we're at a consistency and a consensus for a Bring Me to Life AMV, but unfortunately, the AMV community is not in that same consensus because unfortunately, we did not get our bonus fourth point today. But we still ended up with two points on the board, uh, which is still way better than a lot of people do on this. I'll tell you, I'm shocked, <laughs> honestly. I was going to say, wow, way to drop the fucking ball, guys, in the AMV community. I agree. I agree. The AMV community really does need to make this one. I mean, I guess no one's coming back to life in this one. So. To be fair, I, I guess I do agree. Uh, but I will say, I feel like the scenes where she's like about to lean into the bitterness and then like if the sweetness takes over her, you could argue uh, AMV makers make that scene. Please. Thank you. Um, but ultimately, that's still a double disappointment, a quiet disappointment recommendation of no. And two points in the book, which is an amazing way to end this very fun collaboration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you both so much for being on. Did you have uh, anything you wanted to throw out or plug before we go through our closing uh, moments? Well, if you guys like hearing us talk, consider checking out Shoujo Sunday. We talk about shoujo anime and shoujo adjacent properties every Sunday. And we talk about ice cream, too. It's all ice cream segments. So if, if you like hearing us talk, maybe pop on over and check us out. Yeah, you know, just check us out on um, whatever your preferred podcast platform is. Uh, we're also on social media at Shoujo Sunday, and we're we have a good time, or at least we try to have a good time. Yeah, um, despite our many ice cream, ice cream, <laughs> and hot fudge segments when we're pissed. But yeah, we make it fun somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we tend to agree. Uh, highly recommend Shoujo Sunday. Definitely recommend yes. checking our our friends here out. Uh, and thank you uh, again for joining us on this very intense journey. Uh, and I hope. Ultimately, regardless of your time with the anime, I hope your time recording this with us was at least a little fun. Oh, of course. It's been a blast. I'm so glad we finally got to talk to you guys. Oh, same. I'm so glad we got to do this with you guys as well. It's so much fun. You guys have like really inspired um, my Instagram story game. So oh. like, <laughs> that's you guys. Yeah, check out our Instagram stories. Check out Shoujo Sunday's Instagram stories. That's Sunday with an E, not a Y. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys had a good time. But more importantly, I hope our listeners had a fun time, uh, a good time, a fun time, a series of unhealthy coping mechanisms time. I hope you've had and eerily repeating wedding vows to your kidnapper every night time. I hope you had a series of different levels of emotional damage time. <laughs> <laughs> a you need therapy everyone time. Yes, oh, very yes. much so. Uh, but until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Gianna. And I'm Chica, but I don't kill people. Chica does not kill <laughs> people. God. But Shoujo Sunday does kill it on the anime game. Again, for sure, check out Shoujo Sunday. Check out Castle Black while you're out there, too. Uh, check out these amazing, amazing people and support their amazing, amazing work. But uh, with that said, again, bye, everyone. Hope you guys had a good time, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.